Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Building God's House by guest speaker Mark Connor. So uh, thank you for your welcome. Great to be with you. This morning I want to share a message called Building God's House. Um, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, I will build my church. And he's still doing that today. You know, the church is not a building. It's not an organization. Um, it's not a, a denomination. It's, it's actually people. Jesus is building people. So in many ways, you and I are the church that Jesus is building. But today I want to flip the metaphor a little bit and also encourage you that not only are you the church, but Jesus has called you to be a builder of his church. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I'm a fellow builder, uh, helping Jesus build his church. And so in many ways, Jesus wants you to be a part of what he's building, but he also wants you to contribute to the work that he's doing. And so that means getting on the building site and actually contributing to building God's house. And if you've ever been on a building site, um, you need a few tools. And uh, yeah, tools haven't changed much over the years. You've still got a hammer and a saw and a screwdriver. And uh, uh, of course, we've got power tools now. A few guys just joined in right there. Got the power tools, like we've got the electric drill and the electric saw. And so we've got some power tools. But you know, tools haven't changed much. Um, But how many know it's one thing to have tools in the garage, it's another thing to be using the tools. All the women just locked in right there, you know. Uh, It's great to have tools, it's another thing to use them. And so today, we're just going to shuffle through your toolbox. I'm going to talk about some tools that you already have. You You don't need a theology degree to have these tools. Every one of us in the room have these tools. And the question is not, do you have them? The question is, are you using them? And uh, they're pretty simple tools as we go through them, nothing... Uh, you know, no rocket science, nothing um, dramatically new, but they're very powerful if you will use them. And so we want to look at some power tools, just spend a couple of minutes on each one of them. How does that sound? Going to do it anyway. Thought I'd just check with you. We're going to look at some powerful tools for building God's house. Let's pray. Father, thank you today that you are building your church. Thank you for the rock church. What a great history, been some ups and some downs, some sunny days, some stormy days, but we're here today and we're thankful for the past, but more important, we're thankful for today and for the great future for the Rock Church. And so I pray for everyone in the room. I don't know what's happening in their life, but you do. And so speak to us today, encourage us, inspire us to be what you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Everyone who is awake said amen. 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 First tool coming up now, and yes, that's, that's me. Uh, so first tool, number one, is to love. Let's look at First Peter 4, verses 8 to 9. Above all, hmm, sounds like an important tool in your toolbox. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So Peter uh, I mean, he was the one that Jesus said, you're the rock, I'm going to build my church on you. Peter's now writing to some believers and says, hey, as you're doing church, above all, love each other deeply. It's a very powerful tool and offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. He's writing to them to give them some priorities. Um, you know, it's one thing to ask, I wonder what the measure of a great church is. Some th- people think it's the gifts in the church or the anointing or the, the giving or the missions program or maybe the size of a church. Sometimes people think a bigger church is a better church. Uh, but how many know if your neighbors have seven kids and you've got five kids, it doesn't mean their family's better than yours? It just means they've got more kids. Big is not always better. You'll never hear a New Testament writer say, I hear you've broken the 200 barrier. 
just, it's just not in the Bible. But you'll hear Paul writing, I hear the love you have for each other is growing. But I suggest to you the measure of a great church is the love between the members of that church and its local community. And so love is the measure of a great church. And so, so Peter's saying, make sure you're committed to loving one another and then offer hospitality. The word hospitality uh, is to look out for the new person, to be friendly to the, to the visitor that might be amongst you. I want to do a little, a little uh, drama, a little skit here this morning. So I need about, about six to eight people just to come and join me. Come on, you've always wanted to be on the drama team. This is your moment. On you, Steve, I've got one. This is going to be a long meeting if you don't hurry up. Come on, you know the six, seven people? Yeah, just jump on up. Let's get, let's get a group of about six or seven. Here we go. Yeah, just want you to get in a circle. Hey, Charlotte, I'm going to pick on you because I know I can pick on you. Charlotte, I met Charlotte this morning, my good Irish friend. So, so just a circle here. Charlotte, I want you to stand over this side. Okay, Charlotte, you're the visitor today, all right? So just stand there. You just, uh, just look pretty like you already do. So just, there's Charlotte. Now, I want you guys at the count of three to be really friendly. You ready? One, two, three. Okay, pause, 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 pause. I think you got one better. I think you got, so, so just count of three, be really friendly. Ready? One, two, three. All right, all right, pause, pause. Uh, is, is this a friendly church? Is this a friendly church? They look pretty friendly to me. Uh, Charlotte, is this a, fr- uh, no, is this a friendly church? No, because I'm still standing alone. This is really deep for Sunday morning. Uh, sometimes we think a friendly church is being friendly with our friends. It's the visitor who determines whether this is a friendly church or not. And sometimes we come together and we see, just don't mess up my drama. Sometimes we come to church and it's, yeah, we're, no, no, we've got to look out for the one standing alone. Now, that's your cue. Now, now, now don't overwhelm them. Don't overwhelm them. All right, give our drama team a big clap here today. Thank you, Charlotte. They, they came early for rehearsal this morning. Now, again, so so simple, but I cannot tell you how powerful just a simple act of hospitality is. Uh, A few years ago when I was leading a church, I was just hanging in the foyer afterwards and I saw a couple I hadn't met before. I said, hey, I haven't met you. What's your names? How long have you been here? And they'd been there for about six weeks. I said, oh, look, how are you settling in? They said, you know, the first Sunday we were here, you had that little greeting time. And someone, a couple in front of us, turned around and met us and invited us out for lunch and we've been here ever since. I said, really, who was that? And they said, Trevor and Jean Matthews. Now, Trevor and Jean Matthews, part of the seniors in our group, they've never been up on the platform, never sung a song, never preached a sermon, but that act of hospitality did as much to build our church as any sermon that I've ever given. Thank you for that underwhelming response. <laughs> you, you, you want to be a builder of God's house? Just, just look out for the... I met Veronica today. How are you going, Veronica? First time here at The Rock. Oh, you've been before? Okay, okay. Sorry, didn't want to embarrass First you. First time today. First time today, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so just, just, just break out of your circle and say hi. I met Bill over here today. Bill, is it? We apologize. Yeah, yeah. Bill's a good man. <laughs> just, just, 
just break out of your circle, uh, meet someone, learn their name, and, uh, and just the act of friendliness. You know, people will drive by multiple churches to find a place where it matters that they're there. So love is a very powerful tool for building God's house. Number two, uh, as we go through our toolbox, Peter goes on and says, each of you should use, everyone say use, (laughs) good to have tools, Uh, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the simple act of loving one another, being friendly, looking out for the newcomer, being a community, a family, then secondly, You've all got gifts. You've all got abilities. That's not the question, is are you using them? And so, you know, the church is a bit like a body with many members. It's a bit like a a temple with many pieces or parts. Um, I I love sport, and I like to see the church a bit like a team. And uh, all of us are to be on the team. Uh, My favorite sport is basketball. And uh, imagine going to a basketball game, and it's the Saints versus the Demons. Who are we cheering for? Just checking. So you get to the game, and you're hoping the Saints can have a win today. You've got your popcorn and your drink, and you, and you sit off to the sidelines, and you, you're really hoping the Saints are going to win. Well, the game starts, and the Saints send out the coach to play all by himself. And so the coach does the jump ball, uh, playing defense, passing to himself, trying to score. But there's so many demons that they're scoring basket after basket. And the coach is playing all by himself, and all the players are going, come on, coach. Come on, coach. You can do it. Well, eventually the coach faints, and so they carry the coach off on a stretcher, and then they send the assistant coach out. Now, if you saw a team like that, what would you think? Stupid. If you're German, Dumkopf. It's like, what kind of a team sends the coach out to do the work all by themselves? You know, many churches are like that. Not the Rock Church. Many churches, you go there, the pastor welcomes you at the front door, gets up the front, plays the guitar, leads a bit of worship, makes the announcements, uh, does the offering, preaches, prays for everybody, catches people if necessary, and then goes to the front door and says, thanks for coming. See you next week. (laughs) And we wonder why so many pastors are burning out. Church is meant to be a team where every one of us Get off the sidelines, unless you're injured, and that's okay. Sometimes you're injured, you need to get well. Just don't stay injured. Imagine if we all get out on the court and and find our place on the team. Maybe we can turn this game around for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Takes everybody. And so this another powerful gift is just using your gifts to serve. And maybe you're new to the rock and you look around and say, well, everything's going pretty well here. But, you know, there's no ministry here with a no vacancy sign on it. Always looking for someone else to join the team. And so don't just come to church. Don't just spectate. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Uh, Find out where you can serve, where you can be a part of what God's doing. Everyone said amen? Amen. All right. Uh, Let's keep moving through our toolbox. Number three is to worship. And uh, Tony's already talked a bit about this today. And, you know, worship is 24-7. It's our whole life. But there is something about when we gather together. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. The writer to Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another as we see the day approaching. And so worship is our whole life, but something special happens when we 
gather as God's people. You know, Jesus had a habit of going to the synagogue every Sabbath. Yeah, Luke 4.16. Jesus went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. How many think if Jesus had a habit, a custom of going to the synagogue every week, that's a pretty good thing to go to church? I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. It's okay. <laughs> and notice it didn't say Jesus went to the synagogue when Rabbi so-and-so was preaching. No, Jesus just had a custom. It's a good habit. Uh, it just kind of orientates your week. But it's one thing to come and to be here. It's another thing how we come. Because you and I actually affect the atmosphere in a meeting, in a gathering. Uh, years ago, um, I used to be on, uh, on the worship team at our church, and uh, I actually did worship on Integrity Music's first international album, All Nations Worship. And uh, the following year, uh, there was a guy from America, Afro-American called Ron Canoli. Anyone remember Ron Canoli? Lift him up. And so he was coming to Australia, and I was invited to, to play keyboards in the band. And so I was pretty excited, a little nervous, because the songs were a bit more difficult than This Is The Day. <laughs> Anyway, um, so we, we did a tour right around Australia, uh, all the major cities, all the major churches, and I had an amazing experience because Ron basically had the same song list for every worship event. He'd tell a few stories, but we had the same song list. And so we went to the first city, big church, won't say what it was, who, uh, who it was. And so we got there early. We had a great rehearsal. We had a great prayer time. We were really excited about this worship gathering. Anyway, the meeting started and it was just really hard going. One of those meetings where you wonder where God was, you know. We're, we're giving it our best, but it was just really, really difficult. Um, just a, a little, little bit flat, a little bit hard going. And anyway, so we packed up our gear back to the hotel. Next day, we flew to the next city, and the plane was late. And so we got to the, the, the building where this next event of worship was going to happen. We got there so late, we had no chance to rehearse. We didn't even pray other than help us God. So we didn't rehearse, we didn't pray, and we went on stage, and the meeting exploded. Like, it just took off. There was an energy in the room, and we did the same songs, but Ron got released. And, you know, I'm sitting there on the keyboards on the second night, and I'm going, so what's up with this? Like, last night, we prayed a lot, we rehearsed a lot, didn't go very well. Tonight, we didn't pray, we didn't rehearse. Maybe that's the key to a good meeting. It was just quite in my face. I'm going, what's going on? Like, what's the difference between last night and tonight? You know what the difference was? It had nothing to do with us. It had to do with who was in the room. The first night, people came to spectate. Oh, who's this Ron Canoli guy? The second night, people came to participate. And they were responsive and they were open. And they, they actually created what I call the corporate anointing. See, sometimes we think, let's hope Tony's really prayed well today in the team, and we think it's all up here. You know, you actually affect what happens in any given meeting. You know, Jesus had some meetings that didn't go too well. It's like, Jesus, have, haven't you been pr- praying? I mean, talking to yourself? or you know, like. <laughs> Jesus had some meetings that didn't go too well. It's, it's because the people were not responsive and receptive. So worship is important. But, you know, when we come, when we gather, our expectancy, our responsiveness, our participation actually affects what happens in a meeting. Uh, I've got a friend who was a pastor for many years. He's got a great sense of humor. And uh, one day after church, a woman came up to him and said, Oh, look, I'm sorry, pastor. I, I don't mean to complain, but I just got nothing out of the worship this morning. And he kept a straight face. He said, Look, I'm so sorry. There's been a misunderstanding. We weren't worshipping you. 
See, the question is not, did we get something out of the worship today? The question is, did God get something out of the worship today? Because it's actually for Him. You following me? It just depends on our paradigm. And so worship, coming here, you know, um, I, again, I love sports and I like to watch fans. You know, real fans rock up to the game early. Not Christian standard time, early. Real fans rush for the front seats. You know, real fans, even if they're a bit introverted, kind of morph, you know. It doesn't say clap your hands, oh, you extroverted people. Real fans are expressive. Uh, if, the, if the game goes a little overtime, they're not going, when's this thing going to finish? You're very quiet. <laughs> you, you know, the, the prices of tickets for, for, for sports has gone up every year. Every year. And real fans never complain. Tithing's been at 10% for about 3,000 years now, I reckon. Hasn't gone to 11, hasn't gone to 12. It's kind of still a 10, you know? Uh, you know, real fans, I, I mean, they, they come up rain, hail, or shine. If it's rainy, they're still there. Uh, anyway, I think there's some Jesus fans at the Rock Church. Come on, give Jesus a big clap today. Don't underestimate just the tool of worship and what we contribute to what God is doing here at our local church. Let's keep going through our toolbox. Number four is to pray. Uh, Paul says, I urge, first of all, another important tool, (laughs) that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, but particularly for kings and those in authority. We might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. So prayer is another important tool, and Hopefully every day you pray for yourself and your family and your own needs. But Paul says, what about praying for your leaders? You know, um, I'm not a person that thinks that pastors work harder than anyone else. How many know some people work hard, some people hardly work? Sorry, it's an old joke. Um, I'm not suggesting that church leaders necessarily work harder than other people, but there's some unique aspects about leading a church. Um, Pastor Sean can just tune out for a moment. Um, you know, church work is never done. It, it's relentless. You know, on Friday, if you listen to Talkback Radio, somebody's saying, thank God it's Friday. You know, pastors are going, oh, God, it's Friday. Because <laughs> Sunday's coming, and Sunday's a pretty big day, you know. Church work is never done. There are no boundaries. You know, church work, just like if you're running your own business, will fill as much of your life as you allow it to. And not everyone likes you, which is really surprising because we're amazingly nice people. Um, and sometimes you become visible and known and seen when you don't want to be seen. I remember once when I was pastoring, I had a day off with Nicole, and we were at a shopping center. She was doing some shopping. I just went in the men's toilet. It's at the urinal, you know, just doing what guys do. And some guy leant over and go, excuse me, are you Mark Connor? It's like, man, you can't even pee in peace. <laughs> Sorry. He'd seen me at some conference and wanted a bit of a chat, you know? Not now. Anyway, I'm just simply saying, you know, it's not that pastors work harder than anyone else, but there's some unique challenges, some unique pressures of pastoral work. And, uh, and pastors also get discouraged. You know, I have a friend who coaches 100 pastors, and at the end of his coaching time, he always says to the pastor, where could the enemy get you right now? Where are you most vulnerable? And he says nine out of ten will say discouragement. 
You know, don't let the only time you, you, know, you, you, you send an email in or you, you say something be against or complaining. No, no, encourage. And so, so just the tool of praying for not only yourself, but praying for your leaders is very powerful. Everyone said amen. amen. All right, you're doing great. A couple more tools. Uh, number, what are we up to? Number five, thank you. So we've got, we've got um, love, we've got serving, we've got worship, we've got prayer. Simple tools, but very powerful. Number five is to protect the unity. Ephesians 4 verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. United, this church will stand. Divided, it will fall. United, it will stand. Divided, it will fall. Paul says, make every effort, sounds like sweat, doesn't it? Sounds like hard work, to keep the unity of the Spirit. You know, it's inevitable that somewhere someone will offend you. If you haven't been offended in this church, you haven't been here long enough. Or you need to get out a little bit more. Every church has what I call Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper. People who just rub you the wrong way. Again, if you're sitting by them, just look straight ahead right now. Yeah. People who just annoy you, they grate you. Every church has them. You know? And just a little tip. If you can leave this church and go to another church. They've got cousins everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. It's the same with your workplace. They're everywhere. And so sometimes it's not getting away from Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper. It's going, God, what do you want to do in me through them? How many know you develop character qualities, qualities in situations opposite to the character? I'm very patient when I'm not waiting for anybody. I'm very forgiving when no one's offended me. You with me? Now, I'm not suggesting you stay in abusive, bullying environments, but sometimes that, that person that's annoying you, you just got to go, okay, God, what are, you, what are you wanting to do in and through me? And so conflict is going to occur. The issue is, what do we do when it does happen? And Jesus says, if your brother assists to offend you, go. Everyone say, Go. Go. Now, now, the Greek word in the original language, the Greek word, the, the meaning of the word go, um, if you do the etymology, go actually means go. <laughs> Who is this guy you brought in? <laughs> it doesn't mean pray. It doesn't mean pass it on. It means go. It's probably the most disobeyed commandment of Jesus. Because if we would just go and sort it out, Man, what a difference it makes. See, I reckon we all carry two buckets around with us, a bucket of kerosene and a bucket of water. And as you go around through life, there'll be little spot fires. Hey, did you hear? You can put the kerosene and go, yeah, really? What happened? And then what happened? Oh, tell me all. You can just fan the fire. Or you can get the bucket of water out and you can go, are you sure? Who told you that? Hey, maybe we should go and chat to them. You following me? You're going to protect the unity. You're either going to spread the gossip or you're actually going to contain that and bring it back together. And so guarding the unity, uh, you know, there's always rights and wrongs on both sides. You know, my boys used to fight when they were younger. And as a father, whose side am I on when, I'm, when they're fighting? They, they all wanted me to be on their side. But you know what my heart as a father is? Stop fighting! your brothers. Now, who hit who? The issues are secondary to the relationship. And how does God the Father feel about us as his family? (laughs) Stop fighting! 
If you value being right more than being reconciled, you'll never resolve conflict. You've got to value the relationship more than the issues. You're going to be a guarder of the unity. So another amazing tool. We've all got it. I think this tool needs dusting off and using a little bit more. A couple more tools. Number six is to give. Just relax. We're not doing another offering. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, not the leftovers, the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In the Old Testament, there are a bunch of laws about tithing, and Mark gave us a great talk about that today. The tithe means the tenth. Of course, as we come to the New Testament, you can't sing, I surrender 10%. I surrender 10%. 10% to G. I thought it was funny. As we come to the New Testament, all we have belongs to God. And giving that first part is just a reminder that it all comes from him anyway. And so giving that first part is another great tool. And again, just like with worship, with giving, I think you know, money is a sensitive topic. We need a bit of a paradigm shift. Uh, let me give you an example. I see some parents in the room. Um, have you ever, uh, mums and dads, have you ever been to Mc, the Golden Arches? You know the Golden Arches restaurant? McDonald's? You ever taken your little angels there and got them a nice little happy meal? And then as they're having their happy meal, you kind of feel a little hungry. And so you just want a chip. You know, you want a fry. And so you, you kind of reach out. Can daddy, can mummy have a, have a fry? And they go, no. <laughs> that ever happened to you? you know, you know what I think in that moment? I think... I paid for those fries. Well, like, I paid for them. And then I think, I don't need your fries. I've got enough money to go buy all the fries I'll ever need. And then I think, you know what? I can make sure you never have a fry where you live under my roof. <laughs> now, I don't say that, but that's what I think. When my little angel goes, no. You know, I think that's how God the Father feels when we're a little stingy. <laughs> when we're a little tight-fisted with our stuff. And we kind of go, No. That's how, that's how God feels. You know what? He's the fry maker. Come on. He's the fry maker. Everything, where do you think those fries in your hands came from? And you know what? He can shut down the fry machine, and you can end up with your soggy few. Or if he can get stuff to you and through you, he can keep the fry machine going. There's plenty more fries where they came from. You with me? All to do with our attitude. And so just giving. You know, if every one of us in the room just gave the first part of what God blesses us with, there'll be more than enough for the vision God has for the Rock Church. But it's not, it's not the few. It's everyone doing their part. A, an amazing tool if we'll just all use it. One more tool before we wrap this up is to reach out. To reach out. You know, the church has basically three purposes. I'm not sure what your mission statement here, but, but basically most churches are here to love God, love each other, and reach out. Some combination of that. Have you ever thought about, if we're only here for the first two, love God and, and love each other, we might as well go to heaven now? Up in heaven, we'll see God face to face. Up in heaven, you'll be perfect. You'll be easier to love. So if we're only here to love God and love each other, we might as well go there now. You know, we baptize people, might as well just hold them under a little longer. <laughs> All the bubbles gone, straight to heaven. No, no backsliding. See you on the other side. If you're visiting, they don't do that here. Just, just. But, but it's, if we're only here to love God and love each other, it's pretty logical. 
The only reason we're still here is God is long-suffering, wanting us to reach out. In fact, heaven's priority is not even worship right now, as important as that is. It's not even loving one another. It's reaching out. Jesus says, I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy. Everyone say, more joy. joy. I reckon heaven's joyful all the time. Yes? You know, we're singing today, heaven's joyful. When um, Levi's maybe a great coffee this morning, heaven's joyful. You know, when we're fellowshipping, when we're doing offering today, when we uh, have some lunch later, heaven's joyful all the time. Hopefully when the preacher's up today, heaven's still joyful. Uh, The joy level's like this, but the joy level goes up. There's more joy in heaven when one person who's feeling a little far comes home. That tells me heaven's priority is reaching out. And so all of us are called not to be evangelists, but to do the work of evangelism. And if you think about your own life, if you're a follower of Jesus today, most of us come to Jesus through a a series of events. It's a bit like a chain with many links. And sometimes there's a person who's the first link, the first Christian we meet. Uh, Sometimes there's a person who's that last link who helps us to cross that line of faith. But most people are the middle links, yes? Just don't be the missing link. And you don't have to do the whole journey. you just got to be a part of what God is doing in people's lives. And the great thing about this work of mission, it's actually God is a missionary God. We don't have to do it all ourselves. we just got to join him in his work. I'll tell you a, a funny but an inspiring story about how God works. In our church in Melbourne there, there was a lady in the local community named Bev, a middle-aged lady. I went to a Catholic school when she was a kid, but hadn't really followed on with any kind of real faith or relationship with God. So uh, Bev's, you know, a fairly shy, somewhat introverted person, and so she's, she's doing work. And at her workplace, um, they did a seminar, a training seminar with all the staff, and there was this kind of high-profile, motivated guy came in and was talking about, you know, uh, breaking out of your comfort zone and do something you wouldn't normally do and, uh, you know, kind of break out of the box. And, you know, it was that kind of motivational talk. Well, well Bev's a pretty shy, introverted person, and so, yeah, she's a bit resistant, but she said, oh, okay, maybe I do need to kind of step, step out a little bit. So, anyway, the following day, there was a knock at the door in her home, it was Saturday, and it was one of those, uh, you, know, you know, people from the Mormon religion, and they were kind of doing their rounds promoting their religion, you know, so she would normally not invite strangers in, but the seminar guy said, do something different, so she invited the, the Mormon people in and they, they sat down and started talking about their religion and anyway they said hey we've got a church service tomorrow morning do you want to come again she would not normally do this but the seminar said do something different she says oh, okay I'll, I'll come tomorrow so anyway so Sunday morning Bev gets up uh, dresses and she's driving down High Street Road in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne she gets to Kathy's Lane and instead of turning right to the Mormon temple up the road she turns left and she accidentally comes into City Life Church and so she's wandering around, and she's asking for Elder So-and-so. Where's Elder So-and-so? And no one knew Elder So-and-so. You know, Eventually, one of our hospitality team figured she must have been looking for the Mormon church up the road and explained that to her. We've got to train our team better. Uh, anyway, so, so she got back in her car, and she drove up Kathy's Lane up to the north, and she found the Mormon temple. She's late now, and she gets there, and there's the elder that, that had invited her the day before. And he's annoyed. You're late. You know, treated her quite rudely. Anyway, she sat down in the meeting and she sat for a few minutes and she thought to herself, I don't like this. And so she stood up, she walked out, she got in her car, she drove down to Kathy's Lane South and she came back to City Life. And she kept coming Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and, 
eventually she found a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, now what I love about that story is the only hero is God. Just think about this. God is using a seminar, not a Christian seminar. He's using a seminar to kind of push Bev a little bit. God is using a few Mormon elders doing their rounds on a Saturday. God is using a wrong turn on a Sunday morning. God is using a grumpy Mormon elder. God bless his soul. God is using all of this to get Bev in a place where she knows there's a God who loves her. And you know what I reckon? Our community is full of Bevs. They're out there. And God's working and orchestrating. And he doesn't ask you to do all that work. He just simply asks you to be there, to be a part of the journey that they're all involved in. You know, Jesus said, when you go out into the villages, knock on the door, and don't say turn or burn, say peace. Don't know where we got the turn or burn thing, you know. Peace, shalom, be a blessing. As you go out tomorrow to school, you know, to the uni, to, to your neighborhood, to your workplace, but be a blessing wherever you go. Then he says, uh, eat whatever they set before you. How many know when you have a meal with someone, you kind of get to know them? So build relationships with people in the community. And, and then he says, heal the sick. If, if you find a need, meet it. Find a hurt, heal it. And then say, the kingdom of God is among you. We often start by preaching and we wonder why no one's listening. <laughs> Jesus is actually saying, no, no, if you'll be a blessing, if you'll build relationship, if you'll meet needs, then you'll open a heart and people actually want to know what's different about you. It's not some motivational, um, you know, manipulative strategy. We love people with no strings attached, but if we'll simply be a blessing, those opportunities will come. Uh, One more story. A few years ago, our family was uh, up in Queensland on holidays, and I'd had a busy ministry year, and uh, we were heading out to Green Island to do some snorkeling. And so I was there uh, on the the boat heading out, and there's a couple across from us, and I just said, hey, how are you going? And it was right... Raj and, um, I forget his wife's name, uh, they're from Sri Lanka and uh, heard that they were on their way to Melbourne. So, hey, we're, we're from Melbourne, you know, maybe we can help you settle in when you get down. So, anyway, we, we went snorkeling, had a great day. Um, I got really sunburnt, they didn't. Um, <laughs> on the boat on the way back and we're just, hey, yeah, oh, uh, uh, give, 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 us, give us your number. So, just got their phone number and their name and said, hey, we might see you in Melbourne. That was about it. I was just on holidays, I just needed a, a good break. Anyway, got back to Melbourne. And uh, city life that we were leading at that time, very multicultural, 110 different nationalities. And so I found a Sri Lankan couple, Raj and Shamala. I said, hey, I met this couple. They're on their way to Melbourne. Here's their number. Would you give them a call? Totally forgot about. Um, anyway, unbeknownst to me, they not only called this couple, they had them stay in their home for 10 days when they got to Melbourne. They showed them around Melbourne. They helped them find a rental, helped the guy get settled into his job. Uh, they, they just... Showed them hospitality. Then on Sunday, they said, oh, by the way, we, we, we go to church. Would you like to come? And, you know, the guy, a bit of a Buddhist background, but kind of had a lot of questions. The, the, the woman kind of heard a bit about Jesus. Yeah, 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 we'll come along. So, so anyway, they came to church. I forgot to tell them I was a pastor, by the way. And so they, they came to church, and I got up and spoke. And I'm not in my snorkeling gear now. And it's like, oh. And I think I gave a message on the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of the meeting, we had some prayer time, and they both came forward and committed their lives to Jesus. Then, yeah, we can give, give Jesus a clap for that. I don't, I don't share that to promote myself because I miss opportunities just like sometimes I, I seize the moment. But, but what happened there? We, we were simply a blessing to these people. 
We built a relationship with them. We met some of their needs, and their hearts were open, and they wanted to know about Jesus. You know, we can all do this. It's a simple tool. All of us can reach out. And what an exciting journey that is. So, wrapping up today's message, it's been a little bit of a buffet. You know what a buffet's like? You know, you, you get a little bit of seven dishes. Hopefully, you don't have indigestion. Uh, we could have done one message on one of these, but seven tools. Now, now here, the goal of today is not to give you seven more things to do. You're all really busy people. That, if, if that's what you're feeling now, overwhelmed, that's not the goal. The goal today is to go, you know, every one of you in the room have these tools. You have them. The question is, are you using them? And my question for you today is, which one tool did God just kind of tap you on the shoulder? The enemy condemns, God always convicts, very specifically. Well, which one tool? Maybe it's when this meeting's done, instead of rushing off, just pause and see if there's a visitor standing alone. There's a Charlotte over there. Just, hey, what's your name? My name's Mark. Maybe that's your response. Or or maybe number two, I don't know, maybe you've been to church, bought the T-shirt, seen the movie, kind of a little burnt out, and you just, yeah, you're on the sidelines. Hey, that's okay. It's okay to rest up. This is a safe place just to kind of, heal and build some trust. But at some point, you've got to go, you know what? i got some gifts. So, so maybe that's your response. Or, or maybe it's just a little different attitude to the worship time. Or maybe it's just, hey, pray, pray for your pastors. Pray, pray for the, the, the board, the elders, Mark and the team here. Just, just pray God's blessing on them as they help to lead the church forward. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a phone call to make after this service. Hey, we have a chat. You know, in most conflicts, there's wrongs on both sides. If the other person's 90% wrong and you're 10% wrong, how many of those are normal ratio? We tend to focus on their 90%, but if we'll just focus on our 10%. So maybe it's just, hey, I'm a little sorry. I, I think I overreacted. Can we talk? Just, just maybe that's it for you today. Or, or giving or, or reaching out. Which one tool did God speak to you about today. Imagine an entire church like the Rock Church where everyone is actively loving, serving, worshiping, praying, protecting the unity, giving and reaching out. Imagine that. Wow, you will have a vibrant, thriving community that is going to have a continued huge impact on this local area. I know that's God's vision. That's Jesus' vision. That's your leader's vision for this church. And so think about which tool. God was speaking to you about. Or maybe you've been so busy building your house, you haven't even thought about building God's house. Let's be honest. Life's busy. Sometimes we just get preoccupied building our own house. Here's what I've learned. If you put God's house first, he'll help you build your house. It's amazing. Read the book of Haggai just recreationally. You put God's house first, he will come and help you build his house. So maybe for you, it's priority shift. Or maybe you're here going, Mark, I'm using all of these tools and life's really going tough for me right now. You know, there's a little verse that says, don't be weary in doing well. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Sometimes there's a delay between our, our serving, our giving and our reaping. Or maybe you're here finally today, you're visiting and maybe you're not even sure there is a God let alone build his house. I pray today that you will sense his reality and his love for you and begin walking with him and knowing him in your own life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are building your church. And it's exciting to see what's happening here at The Rock. You're building a wonderful community, a great culture of love and care and support. 
And so just pray for every person in the room today, just for that one tool that you may have tapped them on the shoulder about. We'll not only have the tools in our toolbox, but we'll use them more regularly. And as we all do so, this church will go from strength to strength. Lord, for some that are maybe busy building their own house, as they shift their priorities, bless them, work with them today. For some in the room today that may not even know you, might not even be sure that you're real, I pray in these few moments, you would come very close to them, wrap your loving arms around them, reveal yourself to them. Let today be a new day of beginning a relationship with you. We pray that you would bless all of us this morning. We'll be sure to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, give, give Jesus a big clap today. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.